0: Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the history of ChatGPT and OpenAI, uh, talk about its founding, why it was started, and some interesting controversies that it has faced throughout the years and what brings it uh, to the powerful tool it is today. So let's dive into the podcast. I think the first thing that is important to know is that ChatGPT's, uh, I guess, parent company, which is OpenAI, was originally founded back in December of 2015. So it was founded by a group of pretty high profile tech leaders that you know um, quite a few of them probably, but there was Elon Musk, Sam Altman, the key current CEO, Greg Brockman, Ily Suskiver, John Schulman, Wajsiej Zarimba, and I really apologize if I butchered some of those names. Um, I'm going to have to go look up a pronunciation guide on some of those. Um, but in any case, their goal in creating this was to create a nonprofit that would help advance AI in a way that benefited humanity as a whole, rather than just the interest of individual corporations. And this was kind of in response to Google um, buying up some very prominent um, AI companies, and people were kind of worried that Google essentially would be able to control the future of AI. So I believe they put in a couple hundred million dollars, don't fact check me on that, Um, but they put in a lot of money. Um, Elon Musk uh, contributed money to this as well. And the idea was that they were really gonna create this uh, community this company that was able to help humanity so in its early years openai really just focused on producing some of the groundbreaking research we have today um, on natural language processing so reinforcement learning robotics and a couple other ai fields it also released several open source software libraries um, like tensorflow and gym that helped other researchers and developers build and experiment with their own ai models so obviously very useful and very helpful for the overall community One of OpenAI's most significant contributions to the AI field was in the development of the GPT-generated pre-trained transformer series of language models. So this still, though, is all thanks to the fact that Google's engineers wrote a paper in 2017, the year before, um, and talked about transformer models and how that would work and why they'd be important. And so building on this, the first GPT model was released in 2018 and it was trained on a massive uh, corpus of text data from the internet. So this really just enabled um, the model to generate coherent and contextually appropriate language, which was a very significant breakthrough in natural language processing. So the real game changer though came um, with the release of GPT-2. So in February of 2019, this was, GPT-2 was released. It was much larger than its predecessor and it could generate highly realistic text, um, including news article style stuff, uh, stories, and even poetry. So, OpenAid decided not to release the full model to the public due to concerns about its potential misuse. And instead, it released a smaller version called uh, GPT 2, um, which was, or I guess it was called GPT 2 117M. Um, which was still highly impressive, but it had fewer parameters and was less likely to be used for malicious purposes. They said. So around this time, OpenAI also started to shift its focus from being a nonprofit research institute to becoming a for-profit company. Now, this is was very controversial for a lot of folks who, right, obviously Elon Musk and all these other guys who originally seeded this thing with millions of dollars are now seeing this go from, I guess, poetic justice. This is. Literally, the irony is incredible, um, but going from this open AI company to all of a sudden being a for-profit, so the irony was not lost on many people. But the decision inevitably was uh, motivated by what they said was their need to attract more funding and talent to keep up with the pace of AI development. So in 2019, a- OpenAI secured around $1 billion of investment from some high-profile investors, including Microsoft and Reed Hoffman. Since then, OpenAI has continued to release even more powerful language models, including GPT 3, um, which is essentially what's called the DaVinci model. Um, it's what a lot of it is pretty much before ChatGPT. ChatGPT is like uh, 3.5. So, right before ChatGPT, it was the most powerful model. Um, it had 175 billion parameters and it can pretty much generate really powerful human like language. There's tools like Jasper and um, copy.ai that are all just using this gpt3 technology and even to this day it's the only one with an api so companies aren't even integrating chat gpt into their products yet it's still all this davinci model which is uh, gpt3 so it's been hailed as a massive breakthrough in ai obviously um it's it has you know it's in a whole bunch of apps and chatbots and content generators and whatnot but it's not the only language model that openai released so OpenAI also developed several other models that are tailored to specific tasks and domains. So we know that there's DALI, which can generate uh, high-quality images from text, right? So you can tell it to create an image of something and it can do that. And there's CLIP, which can understand and classify images based on their content. Um, OpenAI has also released several commercial products based on its language models, including GPT-3 powered chatbots, content-generating tools, and... Even some AI-powered writing assistants. Um, so, call there's one called GPT-3 Writer. So, these products are designed to help businesses and developers uh, leverage the power of AI to automate some tasks, improve uh, efficiency, and create new experiences uh, for their users. Now, that being said, I feel like the direction of all of this is really going towards chat G- or is going towards GPT-4, which is what's going to be integrated in the Bing search engine. We're going to see this in the next couple months, uh, allegedly so and perhaps sooner so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there um, and to see how powerful um, all of this is so open ai's success has also raised some concerns about the potential risks associated with ai so it's definitely not without its own controversies but it has created some incredible uh, tools and i would also say that in addition to some of its language models it's also involved in some other areas in AI um, which are including research, robotics, reinforcement learning, and computer vision. So it's also developed some pretty notable projects in these fields um, such as robotics, its hand system Dactyl, and the AI powered game playing agent OpenAI5. Um, In addition, OpenAI work has received widespread recognition and um, you know accolades or whatever you want to call them from the scientific community. Its researchers have published hundreds of papers in top-tier conferences and journals, and its language models have won several NLP benchmarks um, and competitions. So OpenAI has been recognized as one of the most innovative companies in the world by various different organizations, um, including MIT Technology Review. So, you know, this is obviously an incredibly forward-thinking company, um, and it has some really incredible technology. So I think looking to the future, OpenAI is likely to continue to push Kind of the boundaries of what's possible with ai um, ai research and kind of developing new applications that are just really disruptive to a lot of different industries in um, its language models in particular i think we're going to see those play an increasingly prominent role in creating more personalized and intelligent experiences for users so overall i think the content is going to just get a lot better these things are going to get a lot more trained and a lot more powerful and it's going to be an incredible time to watch and see what it, this is able to make